I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello! And today, we're going to talk about eyebrows and pylons. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Hi, Rachel. How are your eyebrows doing? Um, Thick and bushy and unkempt. How about yours? Uh, same. Mm. Yeah. Pandemic look. Yeah. I, yeah. Great pandemic look going. I plan to get a haircut and an eyebrow wax on, uh, I don't know, January 3rd or so. I have not gotten a haircut since before the pandemic has started and I'm getting like six inches off as soon as it's over. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buzz a lot of it off. Yeah. My hair's not really good for buzzing. Mm, well, I think it could be, but uh, how about your eyebrows? Have you ever considered buzzing your eyebrows? Um, no, Just the I whole thing. Take them all off. I don't think that's a thing. Well, uh, is that what we're learning about today? Yes, we're going to learn about eyebrows. Oh, boy. Okay. So... We're talking about eyebrows because I thought of a very specific question not that long ago. <laughs> okay. And it was essentially like, you know how we have like, like the bump, like the eyebrow ridge, like all across your face. Yeah. Our viewers can't see, but I'm like touching it. Yes. Yes. I know the one. I was wondering, first of all, why we have that. And why the eyebrows specifically grow there. Okay. I mean, I feel like I might know the answer to at least one of those questions. Yeah, uh, you, you might. But this was something that I wanted to explore. So let's talk about eyebrows more in general. Uh, why do we have eyebrows? Is it not to keep the sweat out of your eyeballs when you're like doing strenuous activity and or... To keep the sun out of your eyes, like how when football players are about to do footballing, they put the black paint under their eyes. Yeah, that's pretty much why. It's to keep okay. like, moisture and debris out of our eyes. But there's another reason. There's a very specific reason oh, that oh. humans have eyebrows. Oh, 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 is it to show facial expression? Yes. Yes. That is exactly it. What wow. emotions are expressed through our eyebrows? Um, anger. Sadness and shock. Yeah, those are some. A few others are interest and skepticism. Ooh, interesting. I bet my eyebrows moved when I did when I said that. 
To be honest, I was looking off screen to look at my notes. Well, you should be looking at me more. I'll have you know. You're beautiful. Thank you. I know. <laughs> Do you have control over your eyebrows? Um, I have control over my right one more than my left one. I can raise the one on my right side more for some reason. Show me. You see, it's it's higher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the left one doesn't really do much. I can't do the thing, like, the inquisitive look when, like, someone, like, cocks their eyebrow. I can't do that. I have more control over my left. Here, let's go. I couldn't do it because oh, I'm on camera. You can barely, barely do, like, the one cocked eyebrow thing. I'm, like, so confused right now. So what <laughs> our viewers need to understand is that we're using a platform that mirrors your camera. And you can't unmirror it. And typically, I have much more control over my left <laughs> eyebrow, but for some reasons, because it's mirrored, I can only do my right when looking at the screen, and it is very strange. Yeah, it's kind of disorienting. It's a very strange sensation to have that much control over my right eyebrow. Um, what's another reason for having eyebrows that we didn't talk about? Um, this this is so strange. I'm like trying to like oh do my. my left, and I can only do my right. We're how many episodes in, and you've been using Streamyard for like at oh. least a year now, yeah. and this is the first time the mirroring has bothered you. The mirroring always bothers me, but it's never bothered me like this because I've never intentionally tried to control the eyebrow that I'm used to controlling, hmm. like while looking at it mirrored. Well. I'm sure you'll get used to it in time. What was the question again? What's another reason for eyebrows that we didn't mention? Testosterone. Showing aggression? Well, that's that's uh, facial expression. <gasps> okay, so sweat, debris, sunlight, expression. Is it like peacock feathers like the more be bold and beautiful your eyebrows are the more people will want you um that is a reason actually i'm glad you came up with that but right. that's not <laughs> that's not what i was gonna talk about Damn. but that is something that i came across in my research okay because i don't feel that way about people i would like less eyebrow personally yeah, I, so I didn't actually put this in the research for today, but I did come across some literature saying that um, some other primates, they actually really like the thick eyebrow, and that is a desirable trait when looking for a partner. And um, so older versions of humans, I forget which ones, they had a much thicker eyebrow ridge and eyebrow, and that made them more attractive. So you're saying... I might have a decent chance with a Neanderthal. It wasn't the Neanderthals, but yes. Good to know if I ever get a time machine. So the reason I was I was talking about was facial recognition. Oh, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. How do you think eyebrows are important and related to facial recognition? Um I mean, uh, uh, 
maybe they help like define the eyes and also the structure of the head as well as I know there's a thing or at least it was a thing when pandemic started people wearing masks over their mouths and noses like facial recognition software like could not recognize them oh it's such a problem my phone still can't recognize me when I'm in public (laughs) yeah so maybe it's something along the same lines one study removed either eyes or eyebrows from photos of famous people, and they found that people could guess the person 60% of the time with removed eyes, but only 46% of the time when eyebrows were removed. So eyebrows are found to be as important, if not more important, than other features of the face in recognition. Interesting. Dang. Oh, I don't like the idea of just like removing a celebrity's eyes, though, like even photoshopping them out. I don't like that at all. Well, for scientific purposes, it's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I guess. But this saying removing someone's eyes for science also doesn't sound that good. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. Well, what determines what your eyebrows look like? Genes. Specifically, your hair growing genes, your like your like forehead genes, and like your thick with three C's genes and your hair color genes. Yeah, you're basically right. Um, shape, color, and thickness are inherited. I smart. You are smart. I got C in biology. I got a D minus. I know. She gave me a 59.5 <laughs> just so is... I could pass. <laughs> Which is very generous considering. All things considered. All things yeah. considered. Now I have a degree in science. Oh, how the turntables. If only Miss Braun could see you now. I wish. Man, I miss her. Miss Braun, if you're listening. Miss Braun, if you're listening, we love you. I never had you. I don't know you that well. I had you. You were my coach. You were pretty cool. True or false? Cierto o falso? Waxing or plucking can have a permanent effect on eyebrow shape. False. It's true. Dun dun! Over plucking can lead to permanent changes. Like negative changes? Uh, It depends on how you personally judge it. Because, like, if I want thinner eyebrows, could I just, like, over pluck until, like, the hair don't grow there anymore? Pretty much. This could be a good thing. Do you pluck or do you wax? I pluck. I don't. I've gotten them like professionally waxed before, but like I just don't have the money to do that consistently. And I don't trust myself with a wax strip having to be precise. Um, So I use tweezers. I get mine waxed every couple of months. It's actually less expensive here in the city than in the suburbs where you are. How much does it cost in the city? Where I am, it's around $6. 
Oh, yeah, the place I go to is 14. What? <laughs> well, it's the fancy it's the fancy old lady place. Oh, you gotta go across the street. It's ten dollars there. What what salon salon? Sorry for people that don't know the one that you go to. No, I don't think they do eyebrows there. I'm talking about the nail the the nail salon uh, by Juniors. Isn't that closed now? Is it? Might have to do some research of our own when we're done here. Uh, well, regardless, you have less expensive options in the town that you no longer live in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I get mine waxed because um, the idea of that much self-inflicted pain from home waxing and tweezers, that, that's, that's a no-no. Yeah, you need to have a good pain tolerance for tweezers. Yeah, and like that gives me migraines. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, yeah. What muscles allow the eyebrow to raise? Oh, I don't know the names of any muscles. <laughs> You're not going to like the next couple of minutes. Oh, come on. The, the ween muscle. The frontalis. I'm not going to know the names of any of these. The frontalis is the only muscle in the face that can raise eyebrows and forehead skin. <laughs> People at home can't see this, but this is the frontalis. <laughs> forehead skin. Yeah, and this part of your brain is called the frontal lobe. I don't know the names of anything. I know the parts of the brain. I don't. What other muscles affect eyebrows and what do they do? <laughs> Pass. Okay, there's the corrugator super silly. What do you super, think that does? It does it tell jokes because it's super silly. I wish. <laughs> Any idea what else it does? Um, nope. It pulls down, which allows you to squint. Huh. Okay. The next muscle is the depressor super silly. What does oh. that do? Is this a comedian who's like also really sad in the on the inside, like Robin Williams? <laughs> that is most of the comedians I know. Yeah. Uh, but no, it contributes to squinting. Are all of these just for squinting? No. Okay. There's one more, and it's the Proserus. What does that do? Um in the museum, it leads the tour for children on the dinosaur exhibit. It uh, contributes to frowning. Oh. What do eyebrows have to do with frowning? Like, other than facial expression. Well, the other side of facial expression is also the, the muscles literally allow you to make those expressions. Okay, I think I understand. Like, squint. Okay. Okay, do you do you like feel your eyebrow muscles moving when you do that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Without those muscles, you wouldn't be able to make a lot of expressions. I I see that. I see that with my squint. 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 And finally, why do they fit on that raised area? <sighs> Does this have to do with evolution? Uh, yes. Did we have, did we just evolve for that they go they they fit nicely on the raised area? 
Well, it's because the raised area with your eyebrows themselves help block out the sun. And we've come full circle. Yes, we have. <laughs> and now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Have you stayed home all pandemic? Do you have a case of the bushy eyebrows? Do you conform to Eurocentric beauty standards? Then you need the eyebrow gun. It's the newest beauty product on the market. Hold the gun to your face, pull the trigger, and hundreds of tiny pairs of flying scissors fly at your face. They have little wings, so they gently but swiftly cut through the eyebrows on your face. Go against those Eurocentric beauty standards and cut off your entire eyebrow, or if you'd rather, only part of it. The Eyebrow Gun. Trim your eyebrows today. Hey Paige, welcome back. Hello, hi. Did you use your eyebrow gun yet? No, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? All those tiny winged pairs of scissors? The fact that I have to hold a gun to my face. Well, it's a it's you're holding it uh parallel to your face so it can cut off all your eyebrow. Okay. The things we have to do for sponsors these days. Just imagine lots of tiny pairs of scissors with wings. I I don't want to. I do. What's our next topic? Pylons. Cool. What's a pylon? A pylon is a few different things, but in this case, it's a traffic cone. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I don't know anything about whatever this is. There are different types of pylons. We're going to talk about traffic cones. Cool. I'm How do you do feel it. about traffic cones? Um, You know, mixed feelings. On Christmas Day, when my brother and I were driving to my mom's house... Someone put traffic cones out in the middle of the road blocking one of the lanes. So we moved into the other lane and there was just someone driving towards us. So we almost got into a car crash. That sounds terrifying. I think pylons, traffic cones specifically, are a double-edged sword. Mm, That's fair. I like them a lot. In fact, freshman year of college, my roommate stole one and... (laughs) And we made it the centerpiece in our living room. And underneath the traffic cone would reveal a jar full of condoms. I think a traffic cone is a good centerpiece for a college dorm. I agree, honestly. (laughs) What are some purposes of the traffic cone? Um, To direct oncoming cars. Um... If you don't have a megaphone, you can pick one up and shout into the tiny end to amplify your shout. Uh Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure cops use them as sex toys. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, They separate and merge lanes, mark pedestrian paths, indicate potholes, and block off roadside construction as well of as well as lots of other uses like you mentioned yeah oh when also also they make a great hat they do make a wonderful hat oh yes what color traffic cone do you like i like the good old-fashioned neon orange but i also like it when they have the fun tape on them that reflects light 
Yes. When were pylons invented? Ooh, okay. I feel like this is a 50s invention. Because I feel like America specifically didn't really start caring about like traffic safety until like after the Great Gatsby. You know what I'm saying? I do. Um, It was actually 1940. Oh, so it was like recently after the Great Gatsby. Mm, Yeah. Do you know who invented them? Gatsby? No. Oh. Charles D. Scanlon. He sounds like a person that would make a traffic cone. What was his profession and why did he invent them? Um, maybe he was a data analyst and he invented them because he noticed all the data of people crashing their cars because of like things that traffic cones could prevent. And he was like, there should be a thing preventing all of these accidents or at least an indicator. Oh, I have an idea. Let's make this plastic indicator showing that there's danger. But what shape should it be? Hmm. I like triangles. <laughs> Let's make it a triangle. I like it, but it's time to get rebutted. Oh, okay. Charles D. Scanlon was a painter for the Los Angeles Streets Department. And he built one to keep cars away from wet paint. So really, he was just a distressed artist who didn't want cars touching his project. I can relate. Yes, I thought you might. <laughs> When was it patented? Ooh, um, 1948. 1943. Very close. Five years off. That's a whole kindergarten. Whole kindergartner. That's a whole kindergarten. I, I don't know how to tell you this, but kindergarten is not one five-year-old. We'll come back to this. To that oh, topic, topic. <laughs> it was designed to be heavy at the base in order to protect from wind, and it could be um, lifted to be stacked easily and lifted from wet paint. And it also had a hole for signs. Okay, see, I have critique about that because you say it's thick at the bottom to protect from wind. But I have seen wind bowl over traffic cones more times than I can count. The real reason they have a hole on the bottom so you can stick a sandbag in it so they don't fall over. Well, I think that's one of the many versatile ways of using a traffic cone. Who knew? Hollow cones. Such a versatile little tool. Really? And because of their shape like that, it makes them uh, more easily bounce back up when when they do get, you know knocked very interesting i thought so how were they first mass produced um so okay because you asked me this i assume that means not in a factory um were they like repurposed from things well they basically were made in a factory um interstate rubber productions corporation heated rubber sheets in a mold under high pressure and that's how they were mass produced Mm. Hmm. Because the original one was not really made like that. Mm. Hmm. What is the Traffic Cone Safety Corporation? <laughs> or like, what's significant about them? Oh, God. <laughs> what did they call them? Sorry. The Traffic Cone Safety Corporation. Okay, so 
they're either people who are trying to protect people with traffic cones or they are people who advocate for the safety of traffic cones. In 1951, the Traffic Cone Safety Corporation was opened by Interstate Rubber to manufacture square-based cones. Square-based cones. Wow. And when were they used to create construction safety barriers? Hmm, 1962. You're close. Mm, 1960. 1958. <laughs> what did the Manual for Uniform Traffic Control Devices do? Manual for Uniform Traffic... I... It probably made, like, traffic cones the national standard of object to use to do what traffic cones do today. Almost. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Okay. The Manual for Uniform Traffic Control Devices mandated that traffic cones be hand-painted yellow or yellow-orange and have a red trim on top. Ooh, hand-painted. Oh, I, I like it. I, I also really like that. I don't think that they're hand-painted anymore, but this was an original standard. They should bring hand-painting traffic cones back to create more jobs. It is a thing among artists. I know sign painting is a thing. I had a professor who was a sign, like a professional sign painter that painted like the signs on highways and stuff. I want to be the person that paints traffic cones. I think you could do that. I don't see any reason why you couldn't do that. If there's an advertisement for it on ZipRecruiter.com, I will apply. I think that might be something you have to market yourself. Everyone go to my website, pagedemster.squarespace.com, to see my amazing traffic cone painting skills. I support it. How were traffic cones utilized in the Highway Safety Act? Were they used to block off construction lanes? Well, the Highway Safety Act made traffic cones a standardized safety item. Okay. What were the standard requirements in 1971 and 1978? The standard requirements? For traffic cones, yeah. Must be orange must have hole must have square stop yawning this is interesting must be able to fit inside pig anus and by pig I mean police officer a cab a cab uh, I like it but um, the standards were they had to be at least 18 inches high for high-speed areas and at least 28 inches high for highways, and they must have reflective elements. Yes, this, the reflective tape. Yes. Yes. I want you to design a traffic cone for me with fun designs with reflective tape. Just reflective tape of on to it. Fine. Oh, hell yeah. I'll put it on my wall. I don't know if you can put a, a traffic cone on your wall. 
Uh, is that a challenge? Okay, I mean, I guess you could put the square base of it on the wall and, like, bolt yeah. it in. Uh, yeah, but then it's, like, sticking out of the wall. I think that's a great idea, what honestly. If what if cockroaches try to live in it? Oh my god, they might. It's like a they perfect nest. You're oh just, my god. You're just bolting a nest to your wall. Oh my god. Like, let alone cockroaches. Like, what if like a wasp like wasps try to make a nest in it in the summertime? Well, back when we did that ants episode when I was having a bit of an ant problem at my old apartment, I actually had a tiny traffic cone that was maybe about five inches tall it was very small and um and the ants actually made their way under the traffic cone and used that as a habitat that's terrifying also why did you have a five inch tall traffic cone i think i got it from a pride festival but i don't remember okay that gives us the new question of why were they giving out traffic cones in the pride festival I don't remember what brand was on it. Mm. And finally, I have a fun fact. Oh, boy. And I think you're going to like it a lot. So in Seattle, there's an 18-foot-tall traffic cone monument. (gasps) (laughs) And I think we need to add that to our road trip. Oh, yes. Ever since we did that, like, state capital quiz episode, I have not stopped thinking about Carhenge, which, yeah. <laughs> which is the car the car sculpture of Stonehenge made out of old cars, and I think Nebraska. And so as long as we hit that on the way to the traffic cone. I think we need to start a new Google Doc of all the places we're going to go on our road trip. <laughs> oh, 18 feet tall. That's that's per one inch that like the highway regulation said to do in 1978 is one foot. I actually noticed that too. I noticed that too. Wow! Can you climb it? Are you allowed to touch it? I don't know. I wonder. Like, I wonder if you can go inside of it. Like, because there's two holes in it. Like, I wonder if it has an entry and exit, or what if it has an entry and no exit. (laughs) What if you go in and it's just one big twisty slide? What if you go in and there's just a colony of ants living in there? (laughs) I would be very upset. Uh, I'd be very, very upset. Well, Seattle, sponsor our trip to your traffic cone. Yes, seattle.gov. Please sponsor us. I don't know if seattle.gov is a website that exists. Let's find out right now. Oh. Extracurricular research, here we go. Seattle.gov is a website. Oh my god, did they talk about the traffic code? Um, let's use the search bar. Traffic cone. Um, so there are a bunch of, of results on Seattle.gov about mm-hmm. traffic, but... Mm-hmm. Um, on the first page of results, nothing is said about the traffic cone. Mm-hmm. I typed in just cone and something came up called the green cone system, but it's like about it. food composting. Ah, I bet you didn't know that the mayor of Seattle is Jenny A. Durkin. 
Oh boy, I did not know that. I thought it was some dude. On Seattle.gov, there is a big picture taken from like in the air of Seattle, or at mm-hmm. least part of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And first of all, there's the Space Needle, which is kind of cool. But I have some other thoughts about Seattle in general, which is it's much less urban than I would have expected. And I, I yes. also have thoughts. Yeah, like you can see the suburbs. They're very close. And also, I'm looking for the traffic cone and I'm not seeing it. Like, why is that not the primary landmark on Seattle.gov? Is, is it an outdoor sculpture? I would have thought so because it's 18 feet high here. I'm going to Google it. Traffic cone monument, Seattle. Please link the picture of the traffic cone in the show notes. Oh, that is that is very large. I mean, it's 18 feet. What did you expect? I just really like it a lot. I look, I'm into it too. I think it goes perfect with Carhenge. Uh yeah, yep. I um I'm a big fan. I Carly was from Seattle. They were? Yeah. I don't know if I knew that. Well, you didn't like iCarly. Not that much. They're doing a, uh, an iCarly reboot. I know, I heard. I'll probably watch it. I might watch it, depending on where it's broadcasted. It'll probably be streamed. I don't own any streaming services. Seattle, sponsor us so I can get a streaming service and watch the iCarly reboot. Thank you. What was her name? Um, Carly. No, I know, but like the actress. Miranda Cosgrove. Right, Miranda Cosgrove. Miranda Cosgrove, please sponsor us. No, she's she's living her best life now. So did, what? Did you know that... Oh, I'm bringing my own fun fact to the table today. Okay. Did you know that Miranda Cosgrove left iCarly so she could go to college? I didn't know that was the reason. That is the reason. That's very wholesome. Mm-hmm. Miranda Cosgrove, please sponsor us. If you don't have any college debt, you still have to pay off. She's Miranda Cosgrove. You really think she has college debt? Who knows? Maybe like one of the parents took all of her acting money or something. Oh, man. Free Britney. Honestly, I was thinking the exact same thing. She lost that court case. I know. I And like the people who are saying that the whole thing is a conspiracy, it just bothers me a lot. Because like I really, I don't know, maybe I'm the one who's who's giving into a conspiracy theory, but I don't know. It just seems legit to me. It seems like Britney needs to be freed. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I got off to quite a tangent there. Anyway, you can find us on social media on Twitter at Research Rebut and on Facebook and Instagram at Research Rebuttal Podcast. That's right, the Holy Trinity at Research Rebut and at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can. (laughs) That's what it's called. Okay. You can email us at Research Rebuttal Podcast at gmail.com with anything you want, but um, some topic suggestions would be nice. But you can send us pretty much anything. Just don't send us pics, please. Send us pictures of traffic cones. Yeah, please send us pictures of traffic cones of all kinds that you see. And um, 
Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And American Citrus Council, please sponsor us. We're not going to stop. Miranda Cosgrove, please sponsor us. If we you like you. I didn't love iCarly, but I always liked you. I always liked drinking Josh. Yeah. And like everything else. And and uh and um School of Rock. Oh yeah, I love School of Rock. Yeah, and, you were great in School of Rock. And, and weren't you and, in Keeper by the Dozen? And and Zoe 101, you had a guest episode in that. Was it a crossover or like what was the deal? She played a brilliant young scientist named Get Ready Paige. Oh wow. Yeah. Did it make you feel like you could do anything? Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> well, uh, bye. Bye. You brainstorm. I'm going to go get more water. I actually kind of got an idea, but I'll wait for you to get back. Okay. I'm a thirsty hoe. Okay. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.